well, you said bike check. That's why I was asking. Oh no, bike no, no, check. No, no, like, bike like check is video. like no. That's for social media, dude. This, this is not like the UCI. This is this is like, gravel. Was, so Dylan <laughs> could talk about all the nerdy stuff on his bike, including yeah. his aero bars. Well, don't they do video. that for like triathlons? You have to like check your bike the day before. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They don't do that. You, I mean, you could definitely have a motor in your bike and probably get away with it. Why don't you just do that? <laughs> exactly. What up, party people? Shout out to super fan Daniel for coming in clutch with the Gravel Rankings Gen 2.0 less than a week after we aired the initial list. We break it down and give our thoughts while also talking about some Gravel Locos and Rule of Three preview, crit beef, Jiro Drip, and more. Stick around to the end for our predictions on the Gravel Locos podium and Dylan's take on his very own result fate. If you have any questions or feedback for the show, hit us up at bongbrospodcast at gmail.com or slide your way into those DMs. All right, let's get this party started. Yeah, Dude, are we going to talk about how Drew's Instagram account got hacked? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys get messages from Drew? What do you mean? You don't yeah, think he's, he's a big, Bitcoin, Bitcoin millionaire? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It seems pretty. Dude, I don't think he yeah, even knows. I don't think he even knows what Bitcoin is. Honestly, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure he. I didn't tell him that he got hacked, but I'm sure he's well aware at this point. Um, there were even you think he he like doesn't use instagram a whole lot like it i feel like it could go like a month without him even noticing <sighs> yeah maybe maybe i should call him and tell him well i bet you a bunch of people texted him so that's why i didn't do yeah it. like he's probably annoyed at this point what if what if everybody thought the same thing like oh somebody somebody definitely told him and then no one <laughs> no one told him um yeah dude people were even messaging me saying hey your buddy drew's instagram account got hacked and i was like i don't know i don't know why you're telling me about this what why would they message you i don't (laughs) i don't know man they just you know it's an it's an excuse to slide into dj's dms (sighs) yeah yeah so what are you doing man where you at Uh, i'm in Girona. Still, Same have you spot. raced yet? No, still haven't raced yet. Dang, man! Late starts of the season for Scott. Yeah, maybe maybe next week. Yeah, I'll race. You've been following the Giro. Uh, yeah, I guess. Dude, it seems like a mess of a race this year. Like so many people dropping out with COVID, and like every day is like a rain day, where there's a bunch of yeah, crashes and stuff. Like ass. Looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, doesn't look fun at all. I, how many rain days have there been? Like five at this point? Probably more than that. Yeah. Like really miserable rain days where it's like cold. There's like a video of Gaviria. Like he can't even put his jacket on. He's got to like get the swanier to help him put his jacket on. Yeah. Where like it doesn't rain here. It's crazy how, and it's really not that far yeah. in the grand scheme of things, you know? But Yeah. Is that why all the cyclists live in Girona? Because it doesn't rain? I don't know. The, I don't know why everyone lives here, to be honest. The weather is not that good. Like, it's windy, so windy every day. 
And yeah, I that's... seem to be the only person that that bothers. Like, <laughs> like nobody else is complaining about it except me. It's yeah, so... it's like training for the crosswinds, right? Yeah, but it's all it, like, yeah, so yeah. Like, how windy that. is windy? Like, like what in miles an hour? Like in the afternoon, it'll be like fifteen miles an hour every Dude. day. <laughs> that's a lot every day. I'm I'm about to go out and ride today, and it's going to be. 20 to 35 miles an hour. Okay. And that's almost every day. You live in Dakota or whatever. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, man, that's not that windy. That's why no one complains about it. But there hasn't been one day where it's not windy. Yeah. Like it's like every, yeah. But if it, if it's 15 miles an hour every day, is it ever actually windy? But that's, that's also, just the norm. <laughs> that's in Girona. If you go like up north into like the valley, it's like double every day. Oh wow! But I want to go ride like the flat roads because it's like nice. Mm-hmm. But it's so fucking windy. Since when ride. did you care about wind, dude? It just started bothering me. We rode all the time in windy, like windy conditions. Every single day, and you didn't care. And now, all of a sudden, like it, there's a little bit of wind, and you can't ride your bike. I still ride. <laughs> I just don't like it. I just hate when like you're going home, and it's like a block headwind. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you got like dude, that's that's your rookie mistake with in the in the wind, dude. You got you got to go out into the wind. Then you got a nice well, that's, tailwind. That's what I home. do. That's what I end up doing. Is I try all to right. schedule it. So it's a. Can you yeah. ride in any direction in Girona? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Except yeah, like you can, east. Like, what are you talking about? Isn't it you're on the ocean or whatever? No, it's like a like if you do the coast loop, it's like a four hour loop. Like you go mm. oh, okay. and ride along the coast and then come back. That's yeah. like a four hour ride. Gotcha. It's like a forty minute drive to the ocean. Mm. Or the sea, whatever. Oh, it's that far? Yeah. Oh, on the map it looks way closer. It's like a forty minute drive. Mm. all right sweet um what's happening this weekend in the world of gravel other than there's a gravel loco (laughs) can't even get five minutes without talking about gravel with this guy (laughs) rule Um, three it's the biggest race happening i don't know yeah dude, dude tyler texted me earlier this week and he's like would you rather run 38 knobbies what what was the question no yeah you missed you missed the assignment you failed so the question was would you uh so i i had at the time i had two tires apparently i still disappointed dylan by buying a larger size tire but i had 35 pirellis and i had a pair a couple pairs of like 38 Vittoria's either mix or dries, right? So because I'm on this podcast, I have now come to look at bicycle rolling resistance on a regular basis. And do you subscribe? Do you pay? For, <laughs> I do not. This? No, no, dude. It's like three dollars, man. I know, but why would you pay though? Because you're paying to get access to like all the pressures that you would never run. Yeah, exactly. Like it I shows you well, the right pressure. I think I think that's what's really valuable about paying is that they give you the full puncture. Uh, scores for every tire, which I think is valuable. I think just learn how to ride better. I've, I've like never flatted a gravel tire, so I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the Dude, question, you're not riding gravel hard enough. 
<laughs> the question was, would you rather, would you, would you suggest running a, a, a narrower tire with lower rolling resistance being a, a 35 Pirelli, which score rates really high on ro- bicycle rolling resistance mm-hmm. or a slower, a, a technically slower tire, yeah. but at the more volume. So like the 38, I think is maybe the biggest set. I mean, it makes, and Dylan's response was mountain bike tires. Okay. Okay. So I, no, 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 no. I <laughs> asked you, I asked you, I was like, for what terrain are we talking yeah. about here? And you said rule of three, which has, you know, a third of the races mountain bike. And I was like, you need a mountain bike tire. Mm-hmm. If I was doing rule of three, I would bring my drop bar hardtail. That would be the wrong choice, but yeah. You think? You get dropped yeah. on a road section again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, there is sing- yes, there is single track. Um, it's not like muddy. It's not dirt single track. It's all rocks, essentially. But then, All rocks? Yeah, I mean. You're like, making the drop bar sound, hardtail sound better. <laughs> I mean, the shit. <laughs> <laughs> does anyone actually like like do people flat out of the race though absolutely you know how many flats happened last year i I don't know anything about any of the races or any yeah no it's basically (laughs) just like there's no perfect bike for anything uh any part of it because you have yeah single track gravel and and sections of road but yeah i think when that happens everybody leans on the side of underbiking and uh i feel like i'm more the opposite i'd rather overbike the course i mean i underbiked for 10 years so i feel like i'm so yeah. the fact that you even thought for one second about so, running 35s at rule of 3 is mind blowing to me that's not even a I gravel it, tire the so first I, year I, I did, did it on see, 32s i it was i fine. did see though they reversed the course i saw them post something about that they like reversed the course like 2 days before the race yeah. So now it's going to end with a bunch of single track. Mm-hmm. So like normally, normally like if there's single track like in the middle of the race, like there might be a selection that forms, but you're probably not going to like break away from the group because they're going to reel you back in later. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like you could actually attack through the single track if you had like the faster tire through the single track and maybe like win the race that way. Yeah. Because it's late enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only doing the 50, so it's not a problem. Oh, so it doesn't matter if you win anyways. What's the long? Oh, it matters. (laughs) (laughs) How long is the long course? A hundred, hundred miles. Okay. Gotcha. So the 50, is it still 30% of each? Uh, I can try. I think it's like 20% single track, maybe like 40% gravel and then, uh, or maybe 50% gravel, something like that. So, Mm. Yeah. So what oh, do you have? What it, do you have does it, now? Does the gravel? Now I went and got well. So it, it might rain a little bit today. Uh, right now I have on the Pirelli forties and seven hundred by forty. Um, if it rains, I might think about putting on something like a like a Terreno mix is probably the is next that, okay. So it's like tire that I have is forty the widest tire that you can fit on your frame. Yeah, dude, I have like three millimeters of clearance in the back you, like dude, you, need, you need a new frame man this is ridiculous do i need a the new factor ostro yeah absolutely 
I, you need something, man. You need, I, for that's, that's unacceptable. <laughs> if I was doing just gravel, I mean, Hey, if anybody wants to, uh, you know, hit me up and we can talk, uh, frame sponsorship, I'm down, <laughs> but yeah, 40, you'll be fine. It'd be good, but I don't, I, yeah, I might, I might switch to something a little more aggressive, but might not. So you would yeah. switch the, you, you would switch to the mixes because it's better in the mud like it's better mud shedding or what uh just like more side knobs or more knobs i guess um mm. potentially better grip but then you lose out on the rolling resistance on everywhere else and so i mean are the re- 35s and the 40s like the same exact tire it's just one's mm-hmm. bigger yeah one's got more volume dude i would just switch to that to the 35s back yeah. to the 35s I think you just need a. I mean, both tires are going to suck on muddy single track anyways. Like, you might as well get the best advantage on the road. Yeah, I think you just need to pull a Drew and slap your thirty twos on. You'd be fine. Two Gator skins might not be a bad option. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) dude, it's the that's the best of all the worlds. The the worst rolling resistance, the worst traction, the lowest volume. They need to make a forty Gator skin. Yeah, that would basically be like the refuse, right? That's like Continental's version of the refuse if they made a forty Gator skin. Yeah, I speaking of speaking of refuse, I saw Kerry was talking about trying to set up wheels on his uh, on his whatever his new tires, new refuse on his on his wheels, and uh, I, I almost told him. Well, like not new, new, but like he was putting refuse on a set of wheels, mm-hmm. and I almost just. I almost reached out to him and told him, "Don't even bother." But you should you should not do that. You should let him run run those. Yeah, dude, he's training for underbound, man. He needs all the resistance he can get. Whatever Keegan does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, at unbound, the refuse is not a completely terrible option because it it, it is really hard to flat a refuse. So any any tire that's got good puncture resistance for unbound is like. A plus already because at least you know that you're not going to be on the side of the road fixing a flat <laughs> hey scott you still there dude we started to... <laughs> all right you got you got a it says you got to refresh your page there we go now he's back that was crazy dude it was like oh, okay scott was like not there and then he like <laughs> did something and all of a sudden he just magically appeared <laughs> it's like magic um so we started, we started talking about gravel and he just checked out. So who who else? So Carrie's going to be at rule of three. Who else is going to be at that race? Oh, Carrie's not at rule of three. No, they're all the all the pros are down at some race in Texas. I don't know. Lame. Oh, yeah. So who's going to be at rule of three? You're in Texas. What? Are you in Texas? I am in Texas. Yeah. I'm in a hotel right now. I don't know if you can tell, but I don't own a chair like this. This is not a piece of furniture I would normally. Dude, Dylan, buy. have you uh, have you run into Superfan Daniel? Is he is he here in Texas? Yeah, I didn't know that. What? Like I you haven't run like into. He him. lives in the state, or he's at Gravel Locos. No, I think he's at Gravel Locos. Oh, okay. oh wow! Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't run into him yet. Mm. I mean, you know, we haven't even like gone to packet pickup or anything so i don't know why i would unless he was at the dinner for the pros last night but i don't think he was okay did they have vegan food 
They did. They made me like my own personal pizza and delivered it to me. Like everybody else had to like wait in line for their pizza, like a bunch of chumps, but they just hand delivered me this vegan pizza without me even asking. Well, they probably knew nobody else was going to eat it because it's <laughs> <laughs> so. Did, so, did your vegan pizza have vegan cheese or just no cheese? It had no cheese, and that's kind of how I prefer it. I don't really like yeah, vegan, vegan cheese. Vegan cheese blows. Why, like, it does blow. It's <laughs> terrible. It's not good, man. I mean, I don't like – I even before I was vegan, I didn't like cheese. But the vegan cheese is really – it's really bad. I don't recommend it. Yeah, but before you were vegan, did you like cheese on your pizza at least? Yeah, but I wasn't like a cheese guy before I went vegan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do the vegan pizza, I recommend no vegan cheese. It's like basically bread with sauce. It's not the worst thing in the world. Do you put like the vegan meat on it? No, this one was just vegetables. It was like bread with sauce and a bunch of vegetables. I didn't, they, they didn't ask me what I wanted on it. They just, I was just sitting at a table and they just gave it to me. (laughs) They were like, this guy looks vegan, for sure. Well, I've come to this race for, this is my third time at this race, and I've been vegan all three years that I've come, so they already know. They're like, this guy's already going to be... How do you know somebody's a vegan? Exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh man, this guy is going to be a huge pain in the ass. Just get the pizza ready beforehand so we don't have to hear him talk about <laughs> yeah. it one more time. <laughs> yeah. So who was all at Gravel Locos? Um, I should see if I can pull up the list of people that are here. It's it's I mean, it might be as stacked as like a BWR race. Not as stacked as Unbound. Unbound has almost everyone, but I mean there's the entire Dutch Mafia. Carries at Gravel Locos? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think Carrie's doing it. I don't think he's doing any Where, racing. How did Carrie get into this conversation then? You were talking about the Maxis Refuse, and I was just, again, <laughs> taking an opportunity to shit on those tires. Oh, like he was just doing this like on his own time, not for the race this weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I see. All right, I got it here. So okay. here's the list of pros. Uh, we got Nicholas Roach, Nikki Terpstra, Rob Harmling, Alex Howes, Jasper Ocalon, Lawrence Ten Dam, Ted King, Laura King, Allison Tetrick, Adam Roberge, uh, Marisa Boaz, I probably mispronounced that, Payson McKelvin, um, Christy Tracy, Ivar Slick, Nina Machina, Brendan Wirtz, Michelle DeGraff, Ian Boswell, Tim Amani, uh, Keel Reinen, uh, Eno Zavialov, also mispronounced his last name for sure. Dylan Johnson, Thomas Decker, Jonas Orsett. Just had, so, to, had, to, had to throw his own name in there. Yeah. Slide it in. It wasn't even on the list. He just, like, he just manually yeah. inserted that. Yeah, I'm like, not on the list, but I'm like, oh, also Dylan Johnson. <laughs> Must have been a typo. Must have been a typo. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we got, like... The Mid-South, this year's Mid-South winner is here. Last year's Unbound winner is here. Uh, last year's Gravel Locos winner is back. Um, 
you know, the entire Dutch mafia. So I don't know. Yeah. It's stacked. Sick. So what do you, what do you, uh, you running your unbound bike? Yeah, pretty much. Like, is this like a training race for you or is it like an actually a big deal? Um, you know, I would call it a B race, I guess. He'll tell you after he finishes if it was an A race or a B race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good luck getting that vegan pizza next year if you just call their race a B race. <laughs> so here, like, for example, this race allows arrow bars, and they actually made a big deal about how they allow arrow bars. Like, a lot of races, if they allow arrow bars, they just don't say anything about arrow bars. They're just like, we're not going to mention arrow bars. If people have them, we're not going to tell them to take them off, Right. But this this guy who puts on this race, he like made multiple posts about how this is a race where arrow bars are allowed, which is dope. I love that. <laughs> um, however, I'm not going to be running arrow bars just because I'm trying to get used to racing with no arrow bars for Unbound. Yeah, I mean, why yeah, do if you have you're not to get used to that, isn't it just like a normal fucking bike? Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> like shouldn't you it be the opposite well okay here's what you have to get you you don't have to get used to riding a normal bike what you do have to get used to is being in an arrow position without arrow bars which is actually quite difficult like it's very taxing on your on your triceps and yeah exactly i've been practicing it hurt like i like Okay, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're giving me uh, shit right now. <laughs> not in a like it's one race. Just do that in training. Okay. Well, I wanna I wanna do it in a race. Like I'm basic. This is basically like a dress rehearsal for Unbound. You know what is I mean? Is this the first time you've done like a big race without arrow bars? No, because every BWR race doesn't allow arrow bars. Oh yeah. Okay. So you and make I've done a huge post on your social media channels and YouTube or whatever about how you're not using arrow bars. Dude, wait, hold on. Did, <laughs> did, did BWR used to allow arrow bars? Cause I, I'm pretty sure I, I saw a video. Was it like a BWR Utah that you had arrow bars? So BWR Utah from two years ago, that was the first BWR race I ever did. I had arrow bars on my bike for the bike check. And then the next day I got to the starting line and they're like, you can't have arrow bars on your bike. So I'm, it's 20 minutes before the start and I'm there like taking my arrow bars off. They check your bike the day before. I don't know. On the starting line, they're like, Hey, you can't run arrow bars. I mean, I don't know if that's a checking your bike, but. Well, you said bike check. That's why I was asking. Oh no. Bike bike check is like. No, that's for social media, dude. This, this is not like the UCI. This is this is like, gravel. It was so Dylan could talk about all the nerdy stuff on his bike, including yeah. his aero bars. Well, don't they do video. that for like triathlons? You have to like check your bike the day before. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They don't do that. You, I mean, you could definitely have a motor in your bike and probably get away with it. Why don't you just do that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> seems like a reasonable solution to yeah. your problem. Yeah, I mean, I think you could get a lot, get away with a lot of things in gravel. You know? So, Dylan, are you going straight from Texas to Unbound? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to stay in Texas for a week 
to heat acclimate and then go to unbound. And, uh, and then it's probably going to be raining and cold at unbound again this year. And all that heat acclimation did you, will be for um, nothing. Yeah. Did you, did you not bring your drop bar mountain bike with you? I did not, but uh, my I currently got a guy staying at my house back in North Carolina who's coming to Unbound, and if the weather is horrendous, I'll have him bring that bike for me. But there's, okay. I would say there's a 95% chance that I just ride my normal gravel bike. Mm. Yeah, because I saw that they were, they were like bragging about the there's like a new start or something, and it's got like a mud pit at the beginning if it rains. Yeah, that's awful, man. Why would they do that? <laughs> um, yeah, they've they also got you doing this like creek crossing at the end, I think. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I I hate creek crossings. I I think like that that is the worst part of the spirit of gravel. I think it's is a creek, creek crossing. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? It's just unnecessary, man. Crossing. Why is it unnecessary? Why? There's no fucking Why do you bridge. Hate creeks? You gotta cross the there, creek. There's gotta be a bridge somewhere. Like somewhere the road goes over it. Like why I mean, not just take that road? That's like the like Yeah, if there's no bridge and the route goes needs to go that way. The route doesn't need to go that way. They make their own route. It's just like why why do you have to send everyone through like waist deep creek? Like it's fine <laughs> if you can ride through it, but like why do you why do you have to, I don't want to get my shoes all wet? I feel like Mid-South likes to always – like the Mid-South race is always um, – it's always pr- a pretty mellow course, at least technically, right? It's just Oklahoma rolling gravel hills. And then they always like to throw in something that just throws a wrench in all of that. So it's – like I remember last year, they there was just – 20 miles in, there was just this god-awful section of like deep mud – that you had to run through and it, you know, the mud there is awful. So it just, you know, screws up your entire bike and then you get done with the race and it looks like you there, it was a very muddy course, but it was really just this one quarter mile section that just screwed up your whole bike for the whole race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It just sucks. So I don't know if they, I mean, I, I did see that they were doing something like that at Unbound. Um, I don't think a small section of mud is worth riding a mountain bike for the other 199 miles. I would agree with that. <laughs> you should try it though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, should we, uh, should we just do some listener questions? Yeah, we gotta we gotta blast go. through these things. <laughs> what, <laughs> dude, you're not doing the list question. What dude, wait, one, a- stay on for this one. You gotta stay because this one, this one, you might know some stuff about. All so right, real one, quick, it says one question. You guys need to do an emergency hot take on the latest case of Legion versus NorCal Crit. Oh yeah, dude. Actually, we need to get your. You I don't know anything it. about this, dude. So do you know Le- about it, Scott? Know about this either. Okay, all right, <laughs> dude. Scott knows everything about this man. What is it? Well, now I now I want to know. Okay, I don't. So I haven't followed it close enough to give you every detail, but um, I saw a video on YouTube from NorCal Cyclist. Is it NorCal Cyclist or NorCal Cycling? Whatever. And he was talking about how he was talking. Is are one of you guys watching it right now? No. 
Okay, never mind. So he was talking about. <laughs> so he was talking about how Legion. Um, he was talking about how Legion. I don't know. They start drama or something, and he has a lot of respect for Legion. But the way that they, the way that they put on their what was their race called? Lions Den. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the it's way that the they put on den. their lion's den, like it was cool that they did that, but they didn't do everything perfectly. And there's some things he would have done differently or something like that. And he's like, oh, I just feel the need to defend myself because they keep coming after me. Um, and, uh, and then I think that, I think that they might, I don't follow either NorCal cycling or uh, any of the Williams brothers on Instagram, but I think there was an Instagram beef after that too where they were arguing about it. Was this where Justin was like, or someone said something about like someone's ability to like comment or post YouTube videos or critique or something like that? Or is that something different? I'm sure it was. Yeah, that was probably it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, apparently like we're doing a terrible job (laughs) on this. That was not a good summary at all. Scott, you can't tell me that you haven't yeah. followed this at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> also, wasn't that race like two years ago? Why, are, why do people care? To... I don't know. This is, I don't know. It's like, I, like I'm looking at, like, there's like four different Reddit topic, like forums on this from the last week. So it must be like a pretty hot, hot topic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think we could all probably agree that the, the, the into the lion's den came together last minute, but the way that they handled like, you know, payout and all this stuff was poor, poorly executed. Uh, what happened? That, what happened with the payout? I actually have, I don't really know to be honest with you. I think everybody got paid, but I think like there was a delay in when they got paid. Scott, mm-hmm. you can correct me if I'm wrong. Because it's just, you know, two I mean, years ago. I guess, but, like, <laughs> there's a delay when you get paid from a UCI race. Like Scott, didn't you crash out Corey Williams one time? No. <laughs> On <Okay>. purpose? <laughs> Scott, I mean, didn't I think, you, Scott, didn't you, like, take a stick and just jam it directly into Corey Williams' spokes one time? <laughs> no, so I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I, my memory is, like, fuzzy. uh i don't know man i mean yeah like there is delay in in getting a uci payout but at the same time like that's the uci and if your whole if part of your brand is you know we're doing things differently and then when you don't do things differently and then talk about how like you had to wait for months and months for payout so you should just shut up and deal with it not a not a good look in my opinion but yeah there's drama yeah. with legion surprise surprise that's my take. i'm dude i'm too i'm too far removed from crit beef to really comment on it i just have like the very peripheral understanding of what's going on dude, i'm shocked i don't know anything about this because i'm yeah what Instagram. come on dude I don't know. I, I, this is the first I've heard of it. You're like you're like the only person on this podcast. Back. You're the only person on this podcast who would know about this, and you have no idea what's happening. I yeah, I don't. 
All right. Well, so, I mean, I okay. So, like why do we I just bring you on, Scott, if you don't know anything about this? Shit? I was watching the. Um, I just want to That's the only reason I. Can <laughs> I was watching the 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 NorCal. I don't know NC cycling. I don't even know what that stands for, but uh, <laughs> this guy Jeff, who's like commentating on it, and yeah, it sounds the like they actually haven't paid out. They haven't paid out from that race yet. Okay. For for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah, he does a bunch I of think, cool... I think that's like, where it all stemmed from. Like, you know the types of videos that Drew is trying to make where it's in-race footage and he's trying to tell, like, his race tactics? NorCal Cycling does those videos, but way better. You know what I mean? Do, you, do they have Patreons? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Dude, I can't wait to put that as the intro clip. <laughs> <laughs> to have you nagging on Drew for the second week in a row. <laughs> well, he needs to come on here and defend himself, man. <laughs> Dylan, you should put a you should do make a YouTube video uh dissecting Drew's YouTube videos and like what he could do better and stuff and just see if you get more subscribers. Okay. From that. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm hanging up. <laughs> All right. See you soon. All right. See ya. Um, speaking of YouTube, um, I got a YouTube related question here. Um, okay. So, uh, hold on. No, that one's about creatine. Dude, so many people are talking about creatine lately. It's like the hot supplement right now. Um, that's also not the question. Oh boy. Maybe I can't find it. Hmm. Oh, I found it. All right. Uh, hey, I have a question slash topic for the podcast. What is your opinion on Durian Rider? Do either of you guys know who Durian Rider is? No. I've seen like maybe one video from him. Isn't he a guy that just like comments oh, and spouts yeah. his opinion about it? No, that's the dude that has that crazy bike. I don't know if he has a crazy So clearly, bike. no. We neither of us know. Oh no, 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 no! He's not. He's not the. He's not the guy who's like re- got that crazy arrow set up in Florida. That's not. That's not him. Oh, okay. Uh, he's not really involved in racing as much, but has strong opinions about bikes and the overall performance uh, cycling world. P.S. I'm currently. All right, we don't need to do the P.S. All right, so is he the one that like he dissects like the the like the quality of like carbon parts and stuff like that? Like he like uh, I watch videos no. of some dude like 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 okay I don't yeah know. well no he ha- I mean guys. he has he has videos like that but I think you're thinking of someone else. This guy is Durian Rider is like the OG vegan Durian Rider is like the OG vegan cyclist. Um, like he was a like high profile vegan cyclist way before vegan cyclist was a high profile vegan cyclist. And he actually talked about it a lot on his channel. And his whole thing was like, you need to eat 30 bananas a day and you need to like pound the sugar and carbs, 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 carbs. Right. So, I mean, I'm a fan of carbs as well, but But he was joking. No, he's not joking. He's not a parody, man. (laughs) Although he does he does troll a lot in his videos, but you know when he's trolling because like um 
That guy and also have wicked shits if he's eating thirty four bananas a day. Yeah. So, so what I was gonna say is I'm I'm a fan of carbs as well, but I think there's definitely a point at which you go overboard for sure. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, yeah. Lately, yeah, honestly, w- once you get more than four bananas in a day, I think that's excessive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I have like one or two a day. I think that's probably fine. You should probably vary up your diet <laughs> at that point. Um. So lately, honestly, most of his, he, I don't think he's been making a lot of videos lately, but he's got about 500 videos on his channel about disc brakes versus rim brakes. And he's just a huge rim brake fan and he thinks disc brakes are stupid. And every single video is like him watching some pro who has disc brakes and like saying, Oh, you know, um, if, uh, if he had rim brakes, he'd go faster or whatever. So that's that's kind of I, I basically gave you a rundown of his channel right there. I, I don't think that it's super high value content. That's my opinion. All right, that's going in the intro too. <laughs> Dude. All right, so now that now Durian Ryder is definitely gonna comment because somebody's gonna send it to him and he he loves internet drama. <laughs> He's already commented on my videos before. I actually put out a poll. Um, I actually put out a poll recently about uh, disc brakes for on road bikes on my uh, YouTube channel. So I said, disc brakes on road bikes is dot, dot, dot. And then uh, the choices are a bad idea, making them slower, just there so the bike industry can sell more bikes, all of the above. And then the last one is an actual performance improvement. And 68% of people said an actual performance improvement. And then... How many people commented on your poor grammar skills? Real quick. Poor grammar. Real quick. It's like 8 a.m. on a Friday in okay. a hotel, and Dylan's voice is literally like <laughs> echoing down the hallway talking about gravel racing. The, the only people <laughs> staying in this hotel are gravel race. Are gravel race. Yeah, but some, people, some people like to sleep. All right, all right. We all have to get ready for a ride in like an hour anyway. They need to wake up. <laughs> You're like the rooster in the morning. That's DJ's strategy. Just wakes up. <laughs> Tires. <laughs> Dude, no one no one commented on my poor grammar. I'm just giving you shit. Wait, uh, did I check it and not Yeah, Nina checks. I mean there's all there's, my... there's multiple disc brakes, so usually you would use disc brakes R. Oh. Well, I, I think what I meant is like the idea of disc brakes on a road bike. I, I, I know. Oh, okay, all right. So, uh, so, so what, what was your response? Um, I think that I, I don't, I don't think that they're slowing down bikes and while I don't think it's a massive performance improvement, I don't see anything wrong with having better brakes. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not anti-disc brake. I won't say that I'm like incredibly pro disc brake. I don't really think it matters that much on a road bike. Yeah, I would say like my my biggest um, push for having uh, disc brakes on road bikes at this point is the fact that like every other bike has disc brakes, so it's like just more standardizing the the equipment. So like you, if yeah. you have a gravel bike, you can use the same wheels on both bikes. Like, right? Yeah, a lot of people talk about how much heavier disc brakes are than rim brakes, which is true. But weight is the least important 
of the marginal gains. So what honestly, what I'm way more concerned about is whether or not they're more or less aerodynamic. And that really depends on the frame design. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if you have, if you've got a good frame designed around disc brakes, it like, there's no, there's almost no aero penalty or there, it may even be faster. I mean, some companies claim that their disc brake bike is faster. So yeah, I I mean the, the wheels, like it makes a definitely a big difference on like wheel design or rim design. Um, yeah. cause you don't have to factor for like the, the brake track. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Well, are we done talking about that? Sure. <laughs> okay. Cause we, we've got, we've got the, we've got the bonk bros may question from Daniel. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Daniel's always first in line. I'm sorry Did that I asked I, those two questions first. I forwarded the email to you guys too, so you can pull this up if you want to. But he says, Super Bonk Bros, I'm still cranking out the women's list. I will get to that once things settle down and I'm back in New York. Uh, in the meantime, attached is the power rankings for the men's uh, the men's list with modifications requested on the most recent podcast. This includes Whoa. results from approximately 50 races listed in page one. 50. Includes, includes all of the lifetime Grand Prix races. Uh, sorted by best of five results, I included the number of races and average points per race for reference. Uh, for the May question, would it, it would be great if you guys could share your thoughts on what the data in this PDF is saying, perhaps your thoughts on those international riders that have fewer than five races but high averages, like 1,000-plus points per race. Are these foreigners the biggest threat to North American riders? Should John Gaston do more bike stuff? Uh, any feedback? Much appreciated. Daniel, this list is uh, this list is awesome. Yeah, dude, he Actually. went back and like revamped the whole thing after last week. Yeah, wow. So it's a running a running total, basically like a running what a twelve month rolling breakdown. <clears throat> yeah, at this point, it's it's more than twelve months because it includes all the way back to low gap, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm guessing is part of that California rock cobbler series or whatever mm-hmm. um 2022 so that's like technically a year and a half ago but it's fine like it includes all the 2022 races and then whatever races have happened so far in 2023 yeah and just looking at it, it also right now, it, dude I think it also goes I think to it's 200 200 people yeah yeah it's dude sick. i wonder wonder if we're on it well you are probably but yeah i already looked i'm at uh what am i at <laughs> 36. Dude, I think that's worse than you were before. (laughs) I'm squeezed between Taylor Ledeen and uh, Tobin Ortenblad. It's worse. It's worse, but there's a bigger gap between him and Dylan. And uh, not Dylan, sorry. Is is Drew Drew lower or or higher? Drew is is way down in 90s. 90 oh, oh, oh man. dude you must have you must have been slipping daniel hundies under the table or something to, <laughs> to, revamp, to revamp the wrist the list <laughs> <laughs> okay so what's this question are the are the foreigners the biggest threat to north american riders and should john gaston do more bike stuff okay we so people don't have this list in front of them so we should read off some of these names so first is keegan makes sense then Alexi Vermeulen, Russell Finsterwald, Pete Stetna. Honestly, this looks like the 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 uh, lifetime Grand Prix standings right here. Payson, Howard, Adam Roberge, Cole Patton, Griffin Easter, Lance, Rob Britton, Brendan Wirtz, Alex Howes, Lawrence Sendam, John Borstelman, Jasper Ocalon, Freddie Ovet, Ivar Slick, 
you know, um, you know, the, the last name that I can't pronounce, Zaviolov, uh, Matt Beers, Chris Blevins is making it in there. And uh, he's got 21st. 20 or he's got five races in here. Blevins yeah. does. All right. So that's, that's the top 20 for you. I don't know if I need to go further than that, but yeah, let's I mean, not go all the way to 36. Yeah. <laughs> 36. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's top 37. That seems, this seems like a pretty accurate list. I would say, right. Yeah, I think I think this is a much better representation of uh, what the actual gravel rankings should be. And he's ranking it by best of five average, which I think also makes sense because everybody's going to have like a mechanical or a bad race or something, right? So, yeah, yeah. So I think what he's talking about though is like, so he he's ranking it at it, it's sorted in best of five cumulative points. But then he mm-hmm. also has a column for best of five average points. And, he, and what he's talking about is like if you look down at number 29, Ian Boswell, he's got 3,800 points, but an average for his best of five is 1,000 somehow. So like because he's only done four races. So if you've done less than five races, you're not going to be ranked as high mm-hmm. um, for the cumulative. But your yeah. average races could be, you know, could be higher. Like Ivar yeah. Slick, he's got four races comes in at 18th. Um, so his average is 1600 per race. So I believe we'll, that we'll put him in third. I think that Boswell, how many has Ivar slick done Four. four. Yeah. Yeah. But he won unbound. So I'm sure that, which is a ton. Of, I mean, that has to be the most points ever. Um, yeah. So you think he should be number one? No, but <laughs> it's a lot of, I mean, he should probably be higher than 18 for sure. But it, yeah, you know, it's, but, it's that missing that fifth race is like a huge strike against him, right? Yeah, I mean that's part of the game, though. Is like you know maybe it was beginner's luck for the first four, so you know you got to do more races. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, his other results aren't aren't like he didn't do that well at BWR uh, California, and then I think that he also flatted out of Rule of Three. So his other results aren't amazing either. Yeah, um, I do. I do wonder how how Daniel's like uh, like weighting each of the races. Like low gap, uh, how how many points do you get for winning that versus winning Unbound? I don't even. Did we talk about how I don't even know what low gap is? Last, I feel like we did. We already had this conversation. No, Huffmaster was the target last <laughs> week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So now you can take it out on low gap. What is old man? Old Man Winter. Rap oh yes, I, I have heard of. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I've heard of that. <laughs> um, I, he's also including Unbound One Hundred in there. I guess that makes sense. And the XL. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? Is this? Uh, do you like it? I, I think this is a two of this. So, I mean, we, we, we have a chance a much, to, this is a much better list. I like this list a lot. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, a representative list of, you yeah. know, the guys that show up for, uh, or the, the Oh dude, I'm going to give a races. shout out my boy, Kenny Pike coming in at 133rd. <laughs> I, I, I looked yeah. up cause you said that unbound 100 was on there and he did well at that race. So, I know that we're, so, you know, 
last week I think we were talking about how he needs to put Sea Otter in there just so he has more data. How do you, so now he's including every lifetime Grand Prix race, all the mountain bike races, and there's a lot more data here because he's including like every race from the past twelve months or longer. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys feel about him including the lifetime Grand Prix mountain bike races in this more you know in this bigger data set? Yeah, I think it's fine. You know, like 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 we talked about last week, because the mountain bike races are part of the biggest off-road series in the States right now, like, I, I think it just makes sense to have those included. It's the same exact fields you're going to get for all the other races. Yeah. Um, like, sure, it's a little bit different skill set, but yeah. it's still part of, like, it's part of the game. You know, like, if you're part of the Lifetime Grand Prix, you're expected to be good at, you know, both disciplines. So I, I think it's totally fine to include those. Mm-hmm. I think it would get really really muddy if we were to try and like sort out which mountain bike races to include that were outside of the series. So that's why, you know, I I think I'd emailed Daniel and said like, you know, don't worry about those. Like just put the lifetime ones in there because I don't know. It's like then you're using way too much discretion on like, okay, which what's an actual mountain bike race. What's like a gravel mountain bike race, you know, and there's like a thousand of them, you know, like Mm -hmm. it just get, it get way too, too muddied. So I think including those ones makes a lot of sense. And then the rest of them just being gravel, uh, I think is, is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. looks like a good list. I like it a lot better than the last list. Good job, Daniel. Yeah. What I, what I can't tell here is, so he put sea otter. Um, I still don't know why it doesn't, I guess maybe it's because the field sizes. So so he's doing Sea Otter, I'm guessing just the mountain bike race, right? Because he, doesn't, uh, he yeah, doesn't put... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It must just he be the mountain bike race. doesn't specify. There is a gravel race at Sea Otter if you want to include that, Daniel. I don't think you have to because it's not... I don't know. It's not a, it's not a highly... Although if you, did inc- if you did include it, then Adam would be on here somewhere for sure. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's fine. um all right sweet uh what what were his other questions did we answer this um well he was asking like f- like our thoughts on the international riders how they have fewer than five races you know are yeah. these guys the biggest threat to the north american contingent yeah, I mean, I would say so. I think that if anybody, if anybody's gonna, now I'm not saying that an American rider couldn't beat Keegan, but I would say that probably more likely than that would be some big international talent coming into the U.S. doing the Grand Prix and beating Keegan. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about that, but yeah, I, you mean in like the lifetime overall yeah i mean i don't know if that's exactly what he's talking about but like just for example ivar slick uh you know beat keegan at at unbound and i know that keegan also did not win schwamigan and big sugar but schwamigan he crashed in the last corner would have won probably otherwise and then big sugar it seems like he just let russell win so it seemed like the biggest threat to him last year in the Grand Prix was a foreigner. Yeah, yeah I do think like it's individual races, right? Not winning 
Yeah. I mean, Ivar Slick's not part of the Grand Prix, so, you know. Right. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. Like, like Keegan's only got nine races on here, um, and he's already done, let's see, this year he would have done BWR Arizona and Sea Otter. So mm-hmm. he only did seven races that are contributing to this last year, which means he did the six races that were part of the Grand Prix and then one other race. I don't even know which other race that would have been. Yeah. Yeah. But those seven races, like he probably crushed oh, all SBT. of them. Oh, SBT. He, he won yeah. back-to-back days on Leadville and SBT. So, yeah. like, he – I mean, Keegan really – he he just, like, he's figured out how to target these biggest events and just smash those. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, yeah, I do think that an international rider, like, coming in and swooping unbound out from under Keegan, like, that's – you know, I, th- I think that is a big threat for him. Um, I don't. I don't honestly know anyone else from the states who who would put up the, as much of a fight. Maybe Russell. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think I think Keegan's got the process dialed to like be able to come in and, and peak for all these lifetime events. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, have you guys? So I've said this before how I'm not a Strava stalker, and. Um, but the only Strava page that I'll look at regularly is Keegan and Russell's just because so many people talk about the crazy training they they've done and the, the what they've done over the last two weeks to prepare, prepare for unbound is probably close to the craziest thing I've ever seen somebody do. Hold on, I got to pull it up. So if you go on either one of their Instagram pages, I think they've got this, the overall stats for it for the last two weeks. Um, I'll pull it up right now. It's absolutely insane. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, last week they Keegan had right. 36 hours. No, 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 no dude. Last the, two weeks. the weeks. So, okay, here's what you got to realize though. The weeks don't line up perfectly on Strava. So 36 hours does not accurately represent what he did in a week. This is what this is what he says on his it's, Instagram. It's, say that again. <laughs> the weeks. So he didn't start the week on Monday and the week on Sunday, start the week on Monday and the week on Sunday. You see what I'm saying? So on Strava, it's going to look like it was less hours than it actually was. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so he, they did two weeks back to back, 82 hours in two weeks, 1500 miles, 3,000 TSS in two weeks. 82 hours in two weeks. It doesn't make sense according to his Strava, though. No, do you not understand what I'm saying? The Strava started... Oh, the two-week block you're saying didn't... Like, oh, okay, I see. I gotcha. Yeah, so if you look on his Strava and you just look at the weeks, it's going to look like it was less hours than it actually was. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I I gotcha. I... I, Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they just did a 200-mile ride yesterday, it looks like, or two days yeah. ago. Yeah, crazy, dude. 80, 82 hours, man. That's like two so two back-to-back 40-hour weeks. Wow. <laughs> so, Insane. and then I guess, I guess they're doing like a three-week taper from that, which, I mean, it would seem like you would need that. Um, no, yeah. no, because because Unbound is in two weeks, right? 
yeah. So it's like a two and a half week, taper. two and a half week, taper. two and a half yeah. week taper. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Two and a half week taper. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, Keegan didn't even ride his bike yesterday, dude. Like he's freaking slacking. <laughs> um, that is so gnarly. Uh, one of two. Dude, I mean, things- that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, like, dude, he like to do all of that basically to peak for Unbound. Like, dude, that's insane. So one I mean, of it's two- going to set him up for the rest of the season too, a little bit. But like, one of two, yeah, one of two things is going to happen. Either now, I, I will also be interested to see if like. Because Russell and Keegan did the exact same thing over the last two weeks. And I'll, it'll be interesting to see if, like, one of them handles the training better than the other one or vice, you know. Um, but I feel like they're either going to be overtrained coming into Unbound or they're going to be – they're just going to rip everyone's legs off. And it would not surprise me at all if it's the latter, considering the training that they've done in the past. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. That is that is so that is so gnarly. I don't think I've seen riders do forty hour weeks before, and I thought, wow, like that is crazy that they're doing a forty hour week, man. That's crazy block <clears throat> block periodization right there to do forty hours, forty hour weeks back to back. I think it's also like super interesting that like I'm looking at all these rides, like literally every single ride they have done together in like the mm-hmm. same exact distance and duration like the whole ride so they do every single ride from start to finish together which is interesting because like you would expect that two different guys two different physiologies would have like some deviation in their training plans but for this block at least it looks like yeah no they just i mean went on smashed miles i mean they are training for the exact same thing and they're pretty close in ability you know so are they both coached by the same by jim miller I think so. Yeah. I don't know though. Like so. if you're, if you're rusty though, like don't you kind of question like, all right, I, I, I need to beat Keegan. Like I got to do, do something different, different I need to than do something more. Doing. I need to do yeah. 45 hours. Something different. Yeah. Less, 39 or less. Yeah. Less with more intensity. Like, uh, you know, tell Keegan that you're, you're riding home and then throw in a couple intervals that he's not doing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, w- I would think, like, in the back of my mind, I'd be like, okay, w- what can I do different to beat this guy? Yeah. I Yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see how they do it unbound. Um, and I, you know, I mean, their track record has proven that they know that they that their coach and they know what they're doing at this point. But I think, I don't know, I like I'd be so worried about coming into unbound overtrained after that could be wrong i mean probably gonna be wrong probably they're probably gonna smash it but i mean i think keegan's already proved that he has the ability to recover after like some huge weeks so i don't think it'll be a problem for him i guess we'll see what happens with uh with rusty but well rusty does a lot of these huge weeks with keegan you know Mm. i mean a lot of times when they do a huge week they do it together so no this is like legit every single ride is together I know. Are you, yeah. you mean in the, you're talking in the past? In the past, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I, that, it, I've, obviously people ride more than that when they're like doing touring or something, 
or doing tour divide or whatever, but I've never seen like a performance oriented cyclist do something that extreme. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, they, they both did back to back 30 hour weeks in February. Yeah. But yeah, 40 hour weeks. That's, it's, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Wild. So was there another part to, uh, Daniel's question or did we, um, he, he, he ended it with like, should John Gaston do more bike stuff, which absolutely recall, he's, he, he's the guy that took second at Leadville. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was insane against that field at Leadville. That guy is so strong. I mean, he's yeah. probably, I'm assuming he lives at altitude, right? Like he's a skier. Yeah. I think he's in like Aspen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He should do more bike racing. I don't know why he. I don't know why he doesn't. I guess he's just fully focused on ski racing, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like one of the best ski mountaineer racers in the in the country, which is like <clears throat> that's where you like ski uphill and then you ski back downhill like ten times during a race or something like that. Is he one of the um, best ski mountaineers in the country, or one of the best ski mountaineers in the world? The country for sure. The country for sure, yeah, and I, th- I think similar to like bike racing, like schemo is way more popular in Europe. So like mm-hmm. the best schemo racers are coming from Europe still. So the um, reason I I don't know this I for ask, sure, but I'm guessing he's like good internationally, but probably not like the best in the world. Well, the reason I ask that is because it it's kind of mind blowing to me. I know that ski like skiing, cross country skiing, and cycling have a lot of crossover but it is still mind-blowing to me that somebody could come from a different sport and be beat everybody but one of like the best off-road racers in the country the best off-road racers in the country were at leadville that day and he beat all of them but one you know what i mean (laughs) yeah that's crazy man yeah i mean if you take leadville and you put that at sea level maybe he doesn't do as well relative to the field. I I do think that he probably has a huge advantage as far as like altitude training compared to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Because every schema race or all of his schema training is going to be at high elevation. You know, you're talking 9,000 plus feet. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he, he definitely has an advantage there. Um, But still, I mean, it's a different sport. (laughs) He probably trains a lot on the yeah. bike. I'm sure he trains a lot on the bike in the summer because um, it seems like that's what ski racers do. But I mean, s- still, it's yeah, I it's wild. I um, I think the the Leadville the the Leadville 100 podcast or whatever had an interview with him, and it does sound like he had a he had like he came from mountain biking, and mm-hmm. then he got into schemo and like put the bike aside basically, and mm-hmm. then but he's done Leadville like eight times oh wow um like leadville is kind of like the one mountain bike race that he does like every year but last year was the first year he'd done it in like four years because he was focused just on schemo Mm -hmm. so he like had taken a few like a few year break from from racing on the mountain bike but then last year was also like the most stacked field he'd ever gone up gone up against so um yeah how has he done it how has he done at leadville in the past summers though was that his best leadville result I think he was always like a mid mid six 
hour guy. Like, or not always, but like he had a few mid six hour finish uh, times, like six thirty, six forty. Well, I mean, like there's that. a there's a there's but that was a couple of years ago. Mid six is like a winning time. Yeah, I mean, he was like he had a few top tens. I think before okay. he before he took his break, like two or three top tens. Gotcha. Um, but like, it, like, I don't know if maybe he just doesn't track stuff on Strava, but he, he had nothing on his, on his Strava until the week of July. What is this? July 11th. And then he did 30 hours that week, 30 or no, 25 hours the next week, 27 mm-hmm. hours the week after that. Mm-hmm. Then he took a recovery week, only did 14 hours freaking slacker. And then he went and raced Leadville. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. Well, I'm sure. So he I don't was, know if maybe he like no the riding just doesn't yeah, track he, it. Yeah, but. yeah. He's, he didn't go from no riding to 30 hours. That's that's he definitely rides. Like a lot of people just don't track every ride on Strava, but he was probably getting you know he was probably doing a massive block, and he's like, oh, you know, I want to I want to record this on Strava because it's such a massive block. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Wild. yeah, it'd be sick if he if he did some more graveler mountain bike racing. That's thirty hours at altitude um, too. Should we do any more? Yeah, that's all in like Aspen Snowmass Valley. Wow. Uh we can do one more. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Scott, and it's his email Scott title McGill? suspension lockout video. Oh, boy. <laughs> no. Yes. Uh, he, hey, guys, Scott this would is never pod from question. April 28th. <laughs> I think I know what Dylan needs to do to finally to finalize the suspension lockout controversy. We need an okay. updated video of the lockout test, which incorporates heart rate into the metrics. If the loss is happening before the power meter... What is essentially happening is, is if you're riding to a set power, the test subject is essentially working harder when the suspension is unlocked. Wouldn't that show up in an increased heart rate? We, the listeners, demand answers. Love the podcast. Thanks for the laughs every week, Scott. Mm. I'm assuming you already do heart rate. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the heart rate from that test. But I think that what you'd probably need to do is... Um, what would be even better than a heart rate? Cause obviously heart rate varies quite a bit, uh, is, you know, take somebody's VO two, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Should I, Dude, should I thought I, we already talked about this. I thought, I thought we talked about the fact that you just need a power tap hub. Yeah. I don't know if that would exactly. fix the problem. We did talk about that. It definitely would. Cause it, it measures the torque around the, the wheat, the hub. Um, so it, it, it's, it, that would happen before, like independent of the sagging of the suspension. Yeah. I, I honestly just don't know, man. I, when I, when I first put that video out, uh, I thought a lot about it and then peak torque put his video out and I thought even more about it. And the amount of like brain strain that I've had about this topic is it's enough, (laughs) I don't need more. <laughs> like I, I have actually thought so much about this because it was really, it was really like, 
when Peak Torque put out his video about it, and I was like, came to the conclusion that a crankbase power meter on a full suspension mountain bike is, you know, for the purposes of training and racing, inaccurate when you have your suspension open. I was just, I spent so much time trying to conceptualize this whole thing in my head. And I don't, I honestly, I don't know if I feel like thinking about it that hard for the power tap hub again. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this whole, I mean, this, this whole question is quite wouldn't, a, wouldn't it quite save you like future brain strain though? Cause like, don't you like every time you're like on the bike, think about like, ah, should I be locking on my suspension right now or not? I'll tell you. So for those who just want a practical answer to this question, and there are probably listeners who didn't hear our previous episode and didn't watch my video and didn't watch peak torques video and have no idea what we're talking about here, but it's almost the end of the podcast. So I'm not going to explain it again. Um, but if you want the, if you want the practical answer for like what I do with my lockout is I lock, I lock out the lockout when I'm on a road. That's what I do. I just lock it out. (laughs) And I don't know if it's, I don't, I honestly, I don't really know if it's helping or if it's not helping, but I just lock it out. It's the, it's there. Might as well. It feels way better. Like that too. It I know that I know better. that you you don't <laughs> like to talk about your feelings or emotions or anything like that. But like, <laughs> it just feels nice to like it walk does. out your mountain bike and like uh, zip yeah. uphill on a. I on agree. Road. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I just lock it out. So if you want the practical answer here and not the nerdy like requires a lot of thought answer, uh, just just lock your suspension out when you're on a road. Because it feels faster. Your feelings are valid once again. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. In this instance only. <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to running 47s, your fe- your feelings are BS. <laughs> Dude, I got, a, I, I got a new fork for my gravel bike coming that, that should clear 47s. Damn. Good. Yeah, it's going to be sick. Nice. Dylan will be proud of you then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we end it there? Uh, sure. Good spot. All right. One more question. Dylan, are you going to win this weekend? Um, if I had to look at the gra- Daniel's gravel rankings and make a prediction, I would say no. But if I, if I look into my, if I look into my heart and soul and I believe in myself and all that, fluffy stuff then sure yeah i guess i have a chance (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean why even show up if you're not going to try and win i mean i'll I'll try but um (laughs) actually who is going to win is pete stedna there pete is not there but payson is payson is okay then then payson's got to be the highest ranked what about howie no is howie there lexi no Alexi's not no, there. Alexi's not there. So looks like it's, it's going to end up being Payson, uh, Adam Roberge, and then Brennan Wirtz. Okay. That dude. This is Maybe actually this is actually and Griffin's not here. Um, that's actually an excellent okay. test for Daniel's uh, ranking. All right. So the podium, the predicted podium based off of Daniel's. Um, Daniel's ranking is Payson first, Adam Robert second, Brendan Wirtz third. So let's see how accurate that is after this weekend. Just 
stay in your arrow bars for the sprint this time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a uh, okay. to be to be Wrap continued. Tune yep. in next week. Sorry. All right, sick. <laughs> All right. Indeed. We'll see you guys. See you later. later.